Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from today. My name is Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge. And today, I'm very, very excited to be joined by Mark Golston, who is a business psychiatrist and longtime friend of Growth Institute, Vern, Daniel, and he's a Marshall Goldsmith MG100 coach who helps founders and entrepreneurs overcome any psychological or interpersonal challenges that is getting in the way of their business success. He is the co-founder of the Michelangelo Mindset, which has been nominated for the 2021 Breakthrough Idea Awards from Thinkers 50. And that's actually the main topic of today's conversation. So Mark, welcome to Conversations at the Edge. And where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Los Angeles. It's good to be with you, Alex. Yeah, it's great to have you. I want to jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about the Michelangelo mindset, you know, where that came from and, and uh, what you're working on now in terms of it. Well, I've been looking for an umbrella to put everything that I've done in my career under that would, would fit under it. And Michelangelo, when he was sculpting sculptors, sculptures, he saw the angel inside a piece of marble. He saw the statue of David inside a sculpture, and then he carved away everything that wasn't it. And he set the sculpture free. And part of my background, which your audience doesn't know, is I uh, am a trained psychiatrist and I was a suicide prevention specialist for many years. And I was very fortunate because over 20 years, none of my patients died by suicide. And what I realized is they didn't die by suicide because I knew that there was hope inside them, even if they didn't believe it. So I cleared away everything that was getting in the way of their feeling hope. And what I realized was getting in the way of their feeling hope is they often felt alone in their depression and they often felt burdensome to other people. And there was a part of them that felt, why don't I just end it all if I'm such a burden to everyone and I'm not enjoying my life? And the pain was so intense that when you gave them solutions from your expertise, they often smiled politely and then did nothing. So I found a way, knowing that inside there was hope and an aloneness, I found a way to actually sit with them in their feelings. So behind me, you'll see a book called Just Listen. And the through line of Just Listen is how do you cause people to feel felt? And feeling felt is less is much different than feeling understood. When you understand someone, there's still sort of a barrier between you. And when someone's really depressed or suicidal, the barrier is too much. So you have to be willing to go over to their side. Now, for your listeners who might think, well, this is interesting work that Dr. Goulston's doing, but what does this have to do uh, with us? It has a lot to do with you. So, for instance, I am uh, creating a course and I do... Uh, quarterly presentations to one of the top international accelerators. They have a cohort of about 20 companies every three months. And so, for instance, one of the things that I'm teaching them with the Michelangelo mindset is that when you do a presentation to investors, and, and this cohort are people who have basically run out of friends and family money and they need to get investors. 
what I'm coaching them on is lead with your ROI. Have your have your opening slide be your company. Slide one is the projection of ROI after a year uh, from the investment. Slide two is after three years, and slide three is after uh, is after five years, because you really want to get to where the other person's coming from. There's a difference between listening to and listening for. Can you talk a little bit deeper about what listening for means and and how uh, businesses can be using that to kind of uncover through the Michelangelo mindset? About a year and a half ago, I spoke in Moscow along with Daniel Kahneman. He he won the Nobel Prize. Uh, He wrote Thinking Fast and Slow. He has a new great book out called Noise. And five of my nine books are bestsellers in Russia. And the title of my talk was Change Everything You Know About Communication. And there were a thousand Russian businessmen, business owners, CEOs, founders. And I said to them, if I focus on you listening to me and I give you a bunch of bullet points, you'll write them down, you'll try them. Most of them won't work for you. And you'll rationalize, well, it'll work for him. He's an expert. And if I have good stories and I'm engaging, you'll give me your mind for an hour. And then I switched my voice to more of an NPR FM tone. And I said, if instead of focusing on what you're listening to, and we have a transactional conversation, I focus on what you're listening for. And if I get it correctly without you telling me, and I deliver on it, you'll give me everything. So I'm going to show your listeners and viewers because I'm going to do it with you, Alex. Don't get nervous. Don't worry. I don't put I don't take anyone out on a limb without bringing them back. So you've been listening to me and doing a very responsible job. And you have questions and hopefully I've answered some of them in a way that adds value or offers value to your listeners and viewers. But if I were to focus on what you're listening for and tell me if I get this right, the trust and confidence of all the Growth Institute members matters deeply to Vern, Daniel, and you. And you don't take their trust and confidence lightly. And one of the things you're listening for is, can we bring experts who don't waste our listeners or viewers' time? They're very busy. They hate to have their time wasted. Also, what you're listening for, but you do a good job of screening, is you're listening for a person who may have a best-selling book, but they offer no value. You almost have to apologize to your viewers and listeners afterwards, because even though they might have a fancy book, you can tell they offered little to no value. So can you feel any of what I'm saying and how important it is to you and Vern and Daniel that having having your members have trust and confidence in you is a real responsibility. And by the way, getting back to the Michelangelo mindset, if you have a B2C company, what you want to be able to focus on, so if you you adapt the Michelangelo mindset, if you have a B2C company, your products and services must exceed the expectations of your customers consistently and never disappoint them. Because when people get disappointed, uh, they abandon products and services, plus they complain. So what you want to do is drill into your customer or client and drill into what is it that will excite them 
what is it that will disappoint them? And I'll give you a throwaway. And if you're watching or writing, write this down. What you want to create in your customers, clients, investors, your people, and all the talent that you're trying to poach from your competitors. This is the statue of David inside the Michelangelo mindset. What you want to trigger in them is the experience of wow. Hmm. Yes. And wow means that when they come to your web page, when they try your product or service, the wow is I can't believe what I just saw, heard or tried. So that breaks through their distraction, it breaks through their ADD, it breaks through their preoccupation. And when you break through the hmm is this is too good to not do something with it. This is too good to ignore. And then when they can visualize what it is they can do with it, they go, yes. And for a year and a half, and maybe <clears throat> we'll revisit this, I did a one-man show where I played Steve Jobs coming back from the dead. I had the turtleneck, I had the glasses, they couldn't see me, but I had the 501 jeans and the new balance, I was, and the new balance sneakers. And the whole reason for doing that, and I, I presented about 15 times in various settings, is uh, check this out if you're listening or viewing. Do a search for Xerox Park National Geographic Steve Jobs. Xerox Park National Geographic Steve Jobs. You will come up with a two, uh, two and a half minute video, and it's a dramatization of Steve Jobs discovering the graphical user interface and the mouse at Xerox Park. And you will see the wow, hmm, yes, in the person playing Steve Jobs. It will stun you. And I'll give you a mini, a mini experience of it. So there he is, smartest man in the room, skeptical, cynical, looking at this Xerox Park technician, showing him a uh, uh, this graphical user interface. So there he is being his cynical self, and he sees the mouse and the graphical user interface, and he goes, and he says, can I try it? And then he, the technician moves aside and the music goes up. And as soon as his finger touches the mouse and icons come up on the screen, he starts looking at it and he starts sweating. And in the little video is Steve Wozniak, who, who uh, comments, uh, Steve looked at me. And once he looked at me seeing that, I said, once they go there, they're not going back. And then he's so excited about it. And then Walter Isaacson pipes in, who wrote a book on Steve Jobs, and he said, they didn't know what to do with this at Xerox. But Steve Jobs knew he had something, and he went back to Apple and created the Macintosh. But if you think of what I'm saying, that's the experience of every Apple customer when a new product comes out. Some of you will remember his, favorite, his famous introduction of the iPhone. It's an iPod. Uh, it's an internet connecting device. It's a telephone. He repeated it three times and he said, introducing the iPhone. And I am sharing this because if you're marketing, if your website, if when people go there, if they don't go, wow, hmm, yes, change it. So this is an example of the Michelangelo mindset. Can you talk to us a little bit about how founders, entrepreneurs can really 
increase their success by adopting this Michelangelo mindset? It goes along with creating a minimum viable product and, and find the customer. So uh, what does that mean? Too many people fall in love with their intellectual property, think it solves a problem for someone that it really doesn't. They're investing a lot of their time into it. Other people at their company don't want to tell the boss, you know, uh, we know you love this, but, you know, we're worried that no one's really going to want it. So the Michelangelo mindset is to realize that out in the world are people, customers and clients want to buy. Find out uh, and, and re, uh, reveal that investors want to give you their money. Top talent that you're trying to attract to your company want to work at the best company. And your people want to work at a company uh, where well, I'll, I'll share this with you because I've been coaching people on Michelangelo leadership. And what Michelangelo leadership means is inside people is a desire to trust you, have confidence in you, feel safe in the company and respect you. And so what you have to do is carve away anything that gets in the way of that. Um, any final words before we, we say goodbye today? Uh, we, we, uh, I'll give you a tease. We have something called uh, Michelangelo culture transformation. And one of the easiest ways, and, and, and we help companies do it, but you don't need us because it's so simple. Show me a company where everybody who works at the company, when they wake up, says, I can't wait to go to work. I'll show you a good culture. Show me a company where a significant portion of the people say, I hate my job. I hate my company. You have a bad culture. So here's Michelangelo culture transformation. We can help you facilitate it, but you don't need us. Is you reach out to your people and say, we want all of you when you wake up in the morning, and unless you're having other issues that were, you know, family issues, depression, whatever. But when you think of our company, we want all of you to wake up and say, I can't wait to go to work. Uh, anonymously tell us what going forward, what observable, consistent actions do we take in the company? Pick three. And what negative actions do we eliminate completely? that if we were to do both would cause you to say, I can't wait to go to work. You reach out, you collect all of them, and then you go back transparently to your co company and say, these are the top three positive things uh, that you want us to consistently demonstrate. And these are the top three negative things that you want us to eliminate. And we're gonna do those and we're gonna check in with you quarterly. Why do this? Because first of all, you want people to wanna to stay in your company. You want to increase loyalty, but also when you want to attract talent and they're meeting with their friends, uh, uh, eventually their friends are going to say, tell me about your company. And if your people say, I can't wait to go to work in the morning, that other person, if they don't feel that way about their company, they're going to say, are you hiring? Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates, or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. 
Thanks again and see you next time.